What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, you double-ended ding-dongs. You know what time it is. Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. Boy, we have ourselves a wham-bang doozy. Returning to gut a film is Dave Cyrus. Remember him? He did... Oh, The Exorcist. And yes, Kim Adragna. Remember her? She did Vacation. Well, guess what? Dave Cyrus thinks that War for Planet of the Apes is just one big pile of Harambe poop. Yeah, enough time has passed. We can use that joke. So let's see if Dave is right in his hatred for War for Planet of the Apes. Gather round, here's what I know. Japanese submarine slammed two torpedoes into his side, Chief. We was coming back from the island of Tanane to late. We just delivered the bomb, the Hiroshima bomb. 1,100 men in the one in the water. Vessel went down in 12 minutes. Kim Adragna, name that film. Don't know. Torah, Torah, Torah. No, I'm just joking. I have no idea. <laughs> Dave Cyrus returning from his glorious gutting of The Exorcist, which I co-signed on. Dave, my friend, do you know that film? Uh, is it Bridge Over the River Kwai? I'm really shocked that none of you got this because I thought this was so goddamn easy. I purposely did not read it with the affect that he did, but that would be Robert Shaw and Jaws. That would be the infamous Indianapolis speech. Yeah, I only started hearing what you were saying about two thirds of the way in. So I was. Oh, got it. I will pay attention to what you say from this point <laughs> on. You were somewhere else. That's fine. Kevin Goatee, Kim and Dragon, and Dave Cyrus here for another episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow, where we invite our guests to pick a film they find overrated or hate and trying to convince us to see their argument. But the twist is the film must meet one of these requirements, widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success, giving the platform to people who have unpopular opinions about our most popular films ever. Dave has chosen one. People love this film back All in the three. 2010s. All three, absolutely, but have not uttered a word since. And that would be Dave chose the third of the recent Planet of the Apes reboots, War for the Planet of the Apes. So, yes. Dave, what made you choose this film real fast before we uh, jump in? I saw this movie in the theater, and I saw it with a friend of mine who is a real movie buff, a guy who like knows way more about movies than me. And I just remember being in the middle of this movie, and 
just looking over at him just to think like, am I wrong? Am I not supposed to be hating this right now? Because, I mean, we were people who both loved the original movies, loved the first two, The Rise and Dawn, even though those are the same thing. Right. A Rise and a Dawn are the same thing. Um, And he just I could just see on his face immediately. He was like, this is terrible. And I was like, oh, good. Oh, good. Because I was I was like, why am I not enjoying this at all? Especially when I liked all the other movies. And uh, I just remember thinking, like, I don't I did not understand how how it was so popular, like how people loved it so much, because I was just like, this seems objectively just, you know, just not a great movie. And it's it's not like I hate the premise. It's not like I hate, you know, the idea of smart apes killing people. I'm on board with that. But I mean, I was watching this movie. I was getting so bothered by it that I actually started really hoping uh, that they do wipe out humanity. I was like, I feel like we deserve <laughs> this for making this movie if, if it was real. Um, can I just go into like what I hate about this? Or no, 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 no. I just want to hear your opinion on like, why you chose this film. Yeah, that's why. Because I, yeah, I was you. validated by the fact that my friend, who's like a real movie student, like was like just hating the movie the whole time. And I was like, okay, I guess it's not me. Well, let's talk numbers, Dave. This film, a budget of 2017. By the way, I felt this was out like 2012, but I was very wrong. 2017 budget budget of sorry of 150 million dollars a box office haul of 490.7 million dollars 2023 money 184 million dollar budget 602 million dollar haul that's more like it yeah successful movie people loved this and i saw it right when it came out yeah i saw it right when it came out we were just thinking like oh this is i don't know if this is gonna be very popular if, well, uh, and it was. Let's talk what everybody else thought. INDB, folks, as we know, is a scale one through ten. Dave, what do you think Rise of Planet of the Apes scored on the old IMDB? Eight. Eight flat. Kim and Dragna. Um, I'm gonna go with like seven point eight. Seven four. Very close. Oh. Rotten Tomatoes, 1 through 100. Kim and Dragna, what did the critics give this film? 82. Dave Cyrus. Oh, I know this. They, they, it, this was in like the mid-90s, like 93, 94, something like that. 94 on the nose. There you go. Yeah, no, this, this is a very popular with critics movie somehow. Kim, yeah. uh, we're going to go back to you. Uh, Dave, what did the audience on the old Rotten Tomatoes, 1 through 100, score this? 85. Kim? 87 84 dave just a tick off all nice. right you boys nice. and, boys and girls are spot on with your assessments five fun facts caesar played by andy circus man is he the motion capture king or what in all of his motion caption glory he said how many words do you think he has spoken in the entire film caesar caesar yes Ooh. Yeah, I feel it's not that many. Is it like how many words? Words. Oh, like 60. Kim, I feel like I'm going to go with like 2000. (laughs) No, 184. Oh, wow. I was way off. (laughs) That's true. He didn't speak a lot. That is true. Yeah. Number two, Koba was the nickname of Joseph Stalin, an outlaw for character from a 19th century Georgian novel. Not that okay. fun according to looks in your faces, that's for sure. 
Number three, when Maurice speaks to the human child with her new name, Nova, Nova, ironically meaning doesn't go in Spanish, hence why the Nova failed in Mexican in Mexico, excuse me. The that's dialogue. True. Yep. The that's dialogue. Like a, that's like if they made a Mitsubishi piece of shit. That was the <laughs> it meant something else. The night the dialogue, Nova, is the actual voice of Charlton Heston speaking the same words to Linda Harrison in Planet of the Apes. The voice has been electronically altered, but is still clearly recognizable. Dave, did you pick that up as a fan of Planet of the Apes, the original? I don't think I noticed that they managed to get Charlton Heston's voice out of his cold, dead lips. Oh, I was going to throw a joke in there about that. That's well played, sir. <laughs> well played. Damn. Number four, Andy Serkis and Woody Harrelson, a little bit of a Kevin Bacon-ish tie-in together, both appearing in Star Wars franchises. Did you know that Circus played Supreme Leader Smoke, Smoke? Snoke excuse me, in Snoke. Episode 7 in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi? I did not I know knew. he played that. I did not know that. I just he knew plays he plays almost was... everyone. That's the yeah. Thing. yeah. Most known for Gollum and, uh, of course, his role in Black Panther, but not his motion capture. And uh, Harrelson, as we know, played Beckett in Solo, a Star Wars story. Ironically, all three of those films were pure hot trash. Okay. <laughs> Do you disagree? Look, I'm all. I'm already burning a lot of bridges doing this movie. I'm not going to make it that long a list of creators I can't see at parties anymore. <laughs> Dear, I love Star Wars, so... Do you love the new sequels? Because you're lying if you say you do. Nah, I could enjoy them just to enjoy them, but they're not, like, amazing. See, I mean, I... you're talking about originals versus the new ones, but I, I don't know. I just love my Star Wars, so it's really difficult for me to say. You know what I mean? I'm not a big Star Wars fan of any of them, so it doesn't. So with me, it's different. It's not like these were ruined for me. There's really never been a Star Wars movie I love. Like, I watch Ouch. them. I enjoy them. I don't love the series. I think Star Trek is a lot more exciting. I couldn't disagree with you more. I think Star Trek is a is a best form of ambient next to soccer. Number five, <laughs> a shot of bad ape from behind in a big hooded winter coat is the only time Steve Zahn appears on screen without motion capture gear. Hmm. Did not know Steve Zahn was in this film until mm -hmm. I did this research. Well, he's the voice of the goofy one, right? I mean, yeah, that, yeah, yep. the, we'll, we'll get into that. Quotes. None. This film is not quotable whatsoever. I did not pick anything. I did not write anything down except maybe Nova, but that's not really. No one's going to be at a party and go, Nova. Ah, remember that one? Rise of the Planet <laughs> of the Apes? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. No. You know it. Dave, any quotes jump out at you? Uh, You know, every quote I think that I'm remembering is from another movie that it ripped off. So. <laughs> There's something about where he asks Colonel Kurtz about his methods and that he doesn't see any method of all, at all. I'm pretty sure that was in this movie. All right. Uh, I did like one quote, not that it's a quote quote, but it's something that was written that I thought I, I enjoyed in the in the early part of it was that he wrote bedtime for Bonzo on his helmet because bedtime for Bonzo mm -hmm. is the Ronald Reagan movie with a chimp and it is a name of a movie and, you know, the bedtime being like a thing for killing someone. So that I appreciated. That was the cleverest thing in this movie. Kim, quotes. I don't have quotes, but it's more like the scene where uh, Caesar's like, we can't take the girl, but like Maurice is like, but I can't leave her. So when he was doing all sign language and everything, that's the one that sticks out at me. Just that scene. No quotes, just the scene. Well, drop that at a party and see how popular you are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Next, uh, let's go to the audience. You know what they love to do. They love to get on the fun and ask uh, Gutter. Lord Snurts, boy, his questions are so layered and thoughtful. Boy, it's always a treat when he jumps on. Dave, taking on those damn dirty apes, here you go. Crossover time. It's a future Earth with xenomorphs, predator, predators, and apes. Who wins the war? Okay, that is an insulting question. If you think for even a second that the apes survive even seconds against either xenomorphs or predators like come on let's let's be adults here apes versus predators versus aliens really you given the apes what how do you handicap that fight what are the apes gonna do i in fact i will even say the predators would not bother with the planet of the apes they would consider that too easy they would find a better planet to hunt people on because they have standards wow so it's like lions never wow. worry about lions ever wor- never worry about fleas or flies where that the line is i, I forgot i'm gonna yes. butcher that one sure same thing yeah maybe they're just gonna knuckle drag and roll around and you know whimsical nature distracting them and they jump on their backs and beat the shit out of them donkey kong country style i don't know donkey yeah, kong yeah. i just <laughs> yeah come on dude all right, Lord. Also, Snurts. the predators beat the aliens, and this was real. They're much smarter. It's yeah. like it's even insulting to be like that. The aliens—they're morons. Alien. The xenomorphs are friggin' morons. They are animals. The predators are sentient. The, yeah. it, it, come on. And technologically advanced, obviously. Yeah. All the aliens do is drop out of grates and just spit on you and impregnate yeah. you. Yeah, it's but like still, zombie. but still, I, I, the first two I, alien films are fantastic. The great movies, sure. But you didn't you didn't like the one in jail with uh with the guy from Rock and Alien th- you know, I just rewatched that on a plane two weeks ago because everyone's saying Fincher did it, man. I go, I forgot Fincher did it, and it still stunk. Next. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was a big disappointment. I think I saw that in the theater when I was uh, like, Yeah, I saw it in high school. I go, uh, oh, I, I I bought the alien quadrilogy thing for, you know, on, on Voodoo for like ten bucks or whatever it was for four of them. And wow, that one really dropping the ball. Except I forgot the one guy, the the medic who got disbarred, he was the uh, the ginger hitman from Last Action Hero, which fucking kicks ass that film. I feel like I have to rewatch this. I feel like when I'm forgetting that, all about it. He was a hit. He was a hitman with Anthony Quinn. You're not talking about Charles Dance, are you? That would be his name. Yes, Charles Dance. Yes. Uh, yeah. The the he was the guy with like the the glass eye. The eye, the expl- exploding eye. Yep. Eventually became famous as Tywin Lannister. Oh, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. And you have a podcast? I don't like. I'm not a. I'm not one of those. He's not conventional. Guys. He likes oh, to Jesus. go with his own flow. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! I watched the first Lord, first Lord of the Rings trilogy, and that's going to do it for me in that department. All righty then. Next, uh, at Joe Doherty, Joe loves Ken. Can the King of Staten Island be an ape in the sequel? I mean, let's be perfectly honest. If if Pete was just hanging out with the apes, no one would black would would bat an eye. They'd yeah. be like, this guy gets in anywhere. Yeah. He's got the hog for it, too. I don't know. I'm just hanging out, you know? Just, that's well, what actually, apes have very small penises. Uh, and Diane Fossey, can you explain how you know that? Well, I mean, you don't live to this age without fi- without looking up, you know, relatively, you know, what animals and mammals have penises large in proportion to their body. In that respect, you know, we're really killing it. Dave that- is secretly Gene Goodall. So just humans have in disguise. <laughs> humans have huge cocks compared to the other primates. That's 
fascinating. And 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 now That's on why Nova, we're more evolved. <laughs> well, Next. it it actually implies this is a real scientific thing. I've read that it implies more consensual sex in humans than in other primates. Ah, so the primates are rapists, or what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. One more Damn. reason. To hate this movie. Damn dirty apes. No, call back. Mm -hmm. At Nemorowski, this is a slam dunk question, but whatever. Should the Oscars create an Andy Circus Award for motion capture performances? Actually, I do agree with this. That's, that's I think that is a good idea because as it becomes more and more of a of a common thing, it should be its own category because no one's going to give Andy Circus an Oscar, and he's what he's doing is harder than what most other actors are doing. Right, I mean, the guys. The guy is amazing. I honestly, he's great just acting. He was great in Black Panther. Loved him, and and also was he in Captain? Uh, no, he wasn't in Winter Soldier. Just Captain, just uh, Black Panther. Yeah, he was great yeah, he as a was, mercenary. He was Claw, and it sucks that he died because like I, Claw is a great villain in Marvel Comics. He he ends up being made of sound. I would have loved if they take had taken him all the way. That'd be interesting. Yeah, but that's like if if they give Andy Serkis his own award, that'd be like saying you know what I think John Williams should have his own award for being the most the, the best musical composer in film history like we all know that it's obvious but john williams i'm sure has received i don't know tens of oscars for all the films he's done at least yeah 20 ish i agree i think there that. should be an andy circus award i mean like when you think motion cap or performance capture you think andy circus so no he, he really is and it, it, it motion capture is so hard to like do well and he no, there's no question that Andy Circus deserves all the respect in the world. And performance he, capture. Yeah. yeah. Nothing I would take away from him from this movie. No. All right. That's going to close it for Ask a Gutter. That's uh, only a few questions this time around. <clears throat> so, hey, listen, no one listens to podcasts to the end. So let's have our guests say what they're up to right now. We're going to go with the ladies first. Kim and Dragna, what are you up to? Where can we find you? Sure. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Kim Adragna. I am the honor talent for the Grindhouse Radio and the Magic Kim Tom. Uh, it's very big award winning podcast for several years now. I also do a lot of voiceover work for commercials and animations. And actually, right now I'm doing animation for it's going to be a kid show called Brush Brigade. Um, I can't tell you where it's going to be yet, but I can tell you the name of that. And I'm going to be the queen. Um, and I'm very excited for that. So, uh, yeah, that's who I am. Can't or can't or won't tell us where it will be on. Can't say anything yet. That's I could it. just say the name of it because it's been out there. But uh, I'm very excited about that. So, yeah. Dave Cyrus, yeah. what are you up to, pal? What's going on in your neck of the woods? I'm actively trying to avoid going outside. Uh, so I don't have a lot of <laughs> things to plug. Uh, if you want to see me on stage, I think, uh, I think uh, I'm doing some show at The Stand, I think March 30th. And uh, I, usually if you go to either New York Comedy Club uh, roast battle or comedy fight club or grove 34 roast battle you're likely to see me judging i'm i'm i've become the most common judge there it's the it's the one kind of show i still agree to do uh because i've mostly just been busy getting ready to put out uh Bupkis on peacock uh that's the new show that i um i co-wrote and executive produced with uh pete davidson edie falco and joe pesci sweet that's a pretty damn special character, cast of characters. Nice. I thought Pesci was going to hang it up after uh, the Irishman and say, that's it. Time to we enjoy somehow my... somehow enticed him back into the game. And uh, also, if you enjoy Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, who, of course, I collaborate with uh, almost every time you've seen him out there. Uh, I'm, I'm one of his contributors. Uh, we'll be doing the Chiller Festival in New Jersey uh, end of April. You want to check that out. Done and done. 
Check out guttingthesacredcow.com for all your merch needs, hats, mugs, bags, t-shirts, condom dispensers, I don't know, whatever. It's all out there. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to drop a line or if you want to advertise with us. Kim, let's have Dave unlock his cage and come out to do what he's meant to do, and that is, of course, gut the sacred sacred cow. cow. Jumping in, okay. I love that. Now, I want to be I want to be very fair here. It is extremely difficult to wrap up a multi-film arc. You know, we saw it with, you know, before Endgame came out, Infinity War and Endgame, people were like, there's no way you can pull this off. You can't make 30 movies all lead to one satisfying ending. And Endgame, I 100% argue, absolutely pulled that off expertly. It was probably the best single, like, epic finale of any of those kind of arcs. You know, usually you screw that up. And I think this movie was a good example of failing to really live up to what has been built up to. Because... Even if you first you have all the original Planet of the Apes movies, uh, which are, you know, very beloved films, and you, whether you like them or not, you know, they, they build a very coherent universe. But then you have these new movies, the reboots, the Dawn and Rise, which, of course, both mean the same thing. Dawn and Rise. Mm. Those movies, I thought, did a great job of building up this germinating this idea that the apes are going to take over the world. They're going to go to war with the humans and we're going to lose this war and end up being slaves who have been enslaved for so long and so subjugated. We even lose our language. We lose our ability to speak, which is something the original Planet of the Apes movies did, which is a, a very touching sort of reference to dehumanization and what the long term effects of dehumanizing people uh, in terms of you know, colonization and 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 the way, many ways that you can hurt uh, a, a culture by the way you treat them. Uh, and then they just made it a disease. They took that whole idea that we lost our language because of the dehumanization and the long term effects and the idea that if you put a man in a cage, he turns into an animal. And they just said, nah, forget that. It's a virus. A virus made everyone stop speaking. But that's just one point. The real point I'm trying to make is that, yes, it's hard to make all these things wrap up in one like satisfying finale and it didn't do that at all because this is a movie called war for the planet of the apes that has been building up movie after movie about this epic buildup of a war between humans and apes and there was no war in this movie there no. is no war between humans and apes that's what i fucking paid to see i paid to see what happens when humans and human weapons fight apes and Friggin' trees or whatever goddamn weapons they're using. And you took that from me. The only scene in the whole movie that even has humans versus apes in any kind of battle is the opening, just because they kind of had to do that. Mm -hmm. There is like they it just ends up it, it every scene, every major point of this movie felt like a writer rage quitting. Like a writer like being overwhelmed by the enormity and the epicness of what they were trying to do and making it much smaller which is kind of what Star Trek does. Star Trek will go to planet to planet and then meet like four people and it, like they're the only people on the planet and have these like and have these allegories of like major societal historical, you know, sort of changes, but they do it in a very tiny insulated way. That's what this felt like cuz it I it just felt like they were like, you know what? We're never going to pull off a whole war. Maybe we have like just one battle. Okay, one battle between humans and apes. I don't know. I don't think we're going to be able to make it believable that humans and apes had a big epic battle. What if it was just between two different groups of humans and the apes just happened to be there? Not really that consequentially. And then 
Oh, here's an idea. What can apes do that people can't? Hang from trees. So what if the entire human race was wiped out by an avalanche and all the apes were in trees? Save, close, done. Mail this to my agent. Like it was such a simplistic out for what should have been such a deeply complex story. Um, and the other major like, like it's basically like it would be like if Endgame, instead of actually having all the heroes come back to life and having that gigantic fight and all these different arcs coming together, if Thanos just right before snapping his fingers was struck by lightning, died, and then a cloud in the shape of Jesus Christ winked at us. <laughs> <laughs> you mean if uh, Caesar just happened to look to his to look over and go on your left, this would have been a hell of a lot better. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, you know, uh, by the way, did you know that Caesar was actually supposed to refer to Jesus? Did not and, know that. There was some they, like biblical thing behind it. It was a well, whole kept, lot of biblical themes. Are you yeah. kidding yeah. me? The whole well, they damn kept saying thing was like, big allegory. But what would Caesar do? Yeah. And, it's like, and, and I was like, where are the, I was like, please cut to the future where they all have wristbands that say, what would Caesar, WWCD. <laughs> uh, so, but the real problem I had this movie is as a writer, I felt this was not the reason I didn't like the script was because it was just a bunch of other movies. It was Schindler's List, The Great Escape, Bridge Over the River Kwai, Apocalypse Now. It just seemed like a collection of war tropes with monkeys instead of people. I mean, the the, the Apocalypse Now, Bridge River Kwai, those are all like. I get why those things where there was they thought they're over oh, referencing that, but it's like it would just it became just drowned in references. And I'm just I'm not a I don't like references that much, even if I do things that have them like they were they weren't my choice. Uh, I just I didn't get like how they were kept using these references. It was just like a collection of other movies you were watching. But the real one was The Great Escape. That's the one that made me the most angry because this movie really hinges on the escape. All these apes escaping from that big jail that's right. where i felt really insulted intellectually number one they do the thing where they taunt the one guy guarding all these apes and he says i'm a big strong man i'm gonna open up your cage door and walk in here alone and just see what's what which is like that's like what a that's like what a saturday morning cartoon would have people escape from prison with I got that, that in my notes. That is it's, like a car. That is a yeah. children's cartoon version of how you escape from prison. But that's not even as bad as the most egregious thing in this movie. The idea that. Uh, they find a tunnel. OK, fine. You find a tunnel. I'll give you that. And then you just decide to just poke your finger through the, the ceiling and it pokes right through to the to, to the ground that these guys are walking on and not just in one spot he keeps poking his finger and finding out that there's nothing but dirt that's not how physics works if you could poke your finger up then the first ape who stepped on that would fall right fucking through they'd all be gone they'd all be gone that that was like it was like on a physics level i was like what the fuck am i looking at why would poking up make it collapse? But they're walking over this shit the whole time. The idea, and don't forget, they also reach up and grab that one soldier from the hole, which is like, you don't even need to do that. You're surrounded by apes. You could all just kill him. He'll shoot one or two. You got him. You didn't need like the doubling up of the ways that this works. You know, the ways that they were able to get away with it. But also it's just like, you can't predict where he's going to stand. Like, I hate when there's like this, 
Dusex Machina level of coincidence that it's like it's it's like when Wesley Snipes in uh, Passenger Fifty Seven says, "Do you do you play? Are you a?" He goes, "Are you a roulette player?" Thank you. Are you a roulette player? And he goes, "No." He goes, "Are you a betting man?" Yeah. And the guy says, "I play roulette occasionally." That's it. Always bet on bet black. on black. Oh, How could on. he possibly fucking know he was going to bring up roulette? He yeah. didn't ask him if you were a roulette player. Yeah. Then it would have made sense. He said, are you a gambler? And then he just happened to bring up the one game with between black and red. That is bad writing. Or checkers is another game, but not really heavy. Yeah, it was just it, I hate when the, the, the person says something that is like conveniently designed to set up a joke that he could not possibly have done without the writer being in on it. Um so yeah that was a big part of what i what i didn't like so much um but it's like i get why they did it i get that like it would take generations to actually properly tell a story about apes overtaking humans and that would but that would have been an amazing move like i want to see a real war i wanted to see a war between humans and apes and believe that the ape but it was almost like the apes had nothing to do with it almost like the, the the avalanche, yes, it's caused by Caesar, but it's not like it was a whole plan being like, oh, well, I'll hang and they'll it was just it was just a series of extreme, extremely convenient coincidences. That's a were, that's a lemony snicket book we've not been privy to yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think those are like my my. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the other. OK, yeah. I want to get back to the, the, the voice thing, because that was a main point. The idea that we lose our voices was such a beautiful way to describe the scope and like the size of this of what happened to human beings so when they made it that it was just a convenient disease that the same disease that makes apes smart makes humans dumb in the old term dumb meaning not being able to speak like that's like if the Dahmer movie just had him being given on his fifth birthday a cake in the shape of a person. And he's like, this is the best tasting cake ever. Can we get more? <laughs> no, you can never have this cake again. Or it, it, yeah, or, or that it just you find out that or, or even worse, if you found out that all his victims, we later learn were actually people made of cake. And then it was all a big misunderstanding. He was just killing men. He was killing all these cake men like it was just it was a cheat. It was like this movie felt like a series of cheats that violated what clearly they were expecting to do in the movies building up to it. Like when when you see like apes attacking cops on a bridge you're thinking oh now the next movie we're gonna actually see like a war we're gonna see a thousand apes with clubs overrunning military bases that's what people wanted to see and i mean i get that people like this movie but it's like that's what the promise was a war not just a skirmish happened to be there yeah. when other people were fighting and no and it killed all the human like it just it 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 just i just felt cheated i felt like i love these previous movies and i was like uh you owed me a friggin' war i'm trying to think of a trilogy or even a series where the first two built up that pace for that kind of ma you know, major climax and just fizzled out like a wet fart like this one did in that yeah. sense that you're making the point of. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of movies. You know what I mean? Like by the third movie, everyone's like, all right. And then you keep going and you're like, oh, okay. Well, the Let's answer is definitely the Matrix. 
Yes. Third Matrix. Everyone yeah. was disappointed. And, it, and that was another example of a movie where you could just feel the giving up. Well, hold on. The second one sucked ass, too. Let's not go. It wasn't like the first was great. The second was great. And the third just dropped the ball. The second one was trash. I'll argue the third one was better than the second one. I thought the third was better than the second. But obviously, yeah. the, not, the first was the only one that was like the one Amazing. to be. That yeah. everything came off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agree. Um, there's a lot of movies like that. I mean... I mean, Justice League is a good example of that, but that was a had all kinds of problems, both versions. But that was a movie that, but also the movies leading up to weren't good either. Batman v Superman was terrible too. Awful. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, and I would argue that pretty much every iteration of Star Trek, excuse me, Star Wars, every third Star Wars movie was bad. Jedi is not bad. I disagree. Not bad, but not as good as the uh, as the first. But it's like a sliding scale. It's only bad compared to the first two. See, I'll Whereas, yeah, I, and I and I and I see the points why people why shit on Jedi. I'll defend it to some degree. I'll say the third act of Jedi is what propels it to still be solid. You can argue the first two a little bit. Han Solo mails it the fuck in in Jedi big time, but that third act, especially with Luke and the Emperor, that is that's the money grab right there. That not the money grab. That's where you earn that money right there. Is those two having the the whole back and forth? Then the Emperor jumps in. I love Jedi for that, that last act alone is 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 fantastic. I understand no, no, why people don't like it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm saying, right. but like compared to Empire, of it's, course, it's, of course, it's just not as good a movie. And then you look at the same thing with the next series and how bad Revenge of the uh, was it Sith, right? Was Revenge of the Sith? Was that the third one? See, uh, I uh, see. That's yeah. I'm gonna disagree with that I love Revenge of the Sith. I think first really? of all, epi- episode one blows. Well, yeah. The second half of part two is good. Clones is the best one of those. Yeah, I, I think Revenge of the Sith was solid. I really do. I will okay. put it. I will put it well the original three, then Rogue One, then three. That's okay. a, that, that's my okay. top five. That's now. interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm I'm just I'm not one of those people who are like oh the the second the prequels were better blah 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 than the I just I like it all. I'm not like one of those people who are like oh, no one has this is ever better. said the prequels were better. Uh, they're better there, than the new sequels. I was firmly dying that hill. There are definitely people who do, but I'm just saying I I enjoy it in its entirety. I'm not like one of those people who are like a nitpicking. I just enjoy it as it is. I think one, two, and three, if you had to take one trilogy versus another, one, two, and three are better than seven, eight, nine. Rise of Skywalker is a fucking abortion. Terrible. <laughs> it, it's as it's almost as bad as one. It's almost as bad as one. But I seven, do remember I was, remember well, I, I do remember when when the when Snoke dies is mm-hmm. when I was like, oh, God, that's what we've been building up to halfway through the second film. Halfway. Just use your powers to make a lightsaber kill a guy who has way more has way more force power than you. And he doesn't stop it. And you could. That's it. And then and then they recycle nobody. Snoke is nobody. It's a waste. And then they recycle the emperor for the last one. Oh, go fuck yourself. That was the biggest. I could not fucking believe they just brought the emperor back. Yeah. How? How? (laughs) Wait, we saw Star Wars. (laughs) The fact they just bring the emperor back to life. Just remake that ending again. Oh, my God. And no, let me just say the single the thing that I found worst about, though, that series of movies was this moment when uh, Darth when uh, uh yeah the the bad guy when well, i forgot kylo ren yeah kylo ren uh when adam driver says to uh to 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 skywalker uh he was and before we find out her he goes uh your parents were nobodies mm-hmm. your mother was a nobody your dad rented his house 
You have <laughs> no equity. You have no background. Your 23andMe is dog shit. Like, it was just so much emphasis. You on- took out college loans. Call back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, <laughs> that's the big deal that her parents weren't famous. I'm going to one up one more moment and then we'll get back to the rise of the planet of the apes. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The one thing that just set me through the roof of the theater I saw an opening night, as I see every Star Wars film opening night, was... You can you you gave me the Snoke bullshit on a silver tray. You gave me the eventual oh here's Kylo Ren and their sisters because everything has to be a retread of Luke and Leia for all the for you know subsequent films. But one of the things I go I put my foot down and I say no thank you sir. They had horses running on starships in space. I go no no <laughs> no. Horses. Anything is possible. No. I live. I live. I'll give a million miles of rope for Star Wars for a million different things, but you can't have fucking horses running on the outside of a starship in the middle of outer space. I go. That's it. We're 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 maybe we're, the we're horses had you know special boots. No, well they, they can't breathe. They can't breathe. <laughs> Would have Maybe seen they them. had invisible masks. Anywho. <laughs> they could have they could have done so little to these horses to make them not horses anymore, and then we wouldn't have to be this mad. Very they much so. They gave them special crazy wacky eyes. We could be like, well, they're space horses. They're none of our business. But no, they were just like, no, just get a fucking horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lazy. Sorry, Dave. Continue. What else do you have? Sure, about I'm, I'm sure age? Lucas's ranch had plenty laying around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. If there's anything like specific because that was really the, the thing that I was most upset about is everything in this. All these different. It just felt like small, minute fixes to major buildups. And and also just it was just heavy handed. Like, we get it. We, we oh, get yeah. all the allegories. We oh, I get it. He's a donkey. He's a bad one. The traitor. He's the traitor monkey. That's why we call him donkey. And, you know, the bet and he's the race trader and he's and it just and, and, and also just to back up a second, I forgot one thing that really upset me. So Steve Zahn was the wacky comic relief uh, sort of, you know, just funny ape. How does he speak? Why is why is that ape able to speak? 
If they have horses on ships, God damn it, they can sure as hell can put an ape that speaks despite the virus and all that. The one yeah. that, that, bad ape, whatever yeah. they called him, is able to speak clearly independently yeah. from all the other apes speaking. Like he just evolved on his own, meaning that they were going to evolve anyway. Like, yet the humans needed a disease to make them stop speaking. Like that was ridiculous. Like he, like so literally, he's an ape who speaks. Just like the other apes, but not because for not for the same reason as the other apes. But also, do we really need a wacky, goofy ape to get us, you know, through the over the finish line here? Like, did this movie really need like uh, like Steve Zombie and like oh, I'm like a surfer ape? I'm like if I'm like if Owen Wilson had fur. <laughs> that's a good. I say it's more like wow. Owen Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if you had a crooked nose like Owen Wilson? I'd make that film at least more a little humorous than. It was that. inspired by him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, mean, I remember sense. watching that. It just, it, like I said, it's just, it's just one more trope. Like this movie was a wash in tropes. It was just, tro- it was just everything you've seen. And the other, the first two movies were very original. We're very like, we're creating the universe here. Like, I don't, I don't know. It just, it just felt like we skipped ahead too much. Like we, yeah, we skip ahead to almost every human being dead from a disease. Right. All right. All right. What the fuck is that? This isn't, this isn't, it wasn't, it wasn't sickness of the planet of the apes. It was supposed to be a war. Malaise of the planet of the apes. Yeah. 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 Fantastic points. What's a one to 10? What do you score this? Five. Wow. For someone who came out as vocal and vicious about this. It was still a very well directed, acted, CGI, edited. They did a great job of making this a very sleek movie that you only hate if you're paying attention. Right. I want to give credit because, you know, it got nominees for nominations for a reason. It got people watching it for a reason. It is a fun movie, I guess, if you're turning off that part of yourself to watch, you know, but. But even even then, the if you can enjoy all those apes doing the Great Escape, like it was it, it was like the Muppets doing the Great Escape, <laughs> the Great Muppet Caper. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of there were a lot of Muppet like moments of this movie to me. Uh, if this had more Beaker in it, we'd be we'd be giving its accolades instead of its, How uh, its demise. Funny would that be if they decided to do a Muppets Planet of the Apes? That'd be War funny. For- I mean, War for Planet of the Muppets would be an amazing movie. Planet of the Muppets. I, I, I see Sam the Eagle as the leader, not Kermit the Frog. I can see that. I, I, just, I would just love to see uh, uh, War, Waldorf and the other guy in the in the balcony just. Oh, my uh, God. What's his name? All the time. Acting like. Uh, He's Woody Hall- Harrelson. Statler, Statler. Uh, Statler and Waldorf. Yes. yes. Have the two of them just like grunting like animals and tattered rags in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> but still laughing. Oh, as they throw, <laughs> as they throw shit at each other. <laughs> yeah. Five out of ten. Kim and Dragna, why don't you take us down Second Act Avenue and tell us your notes and thoughts of this film? So, okay. So I didn't, I saw these movies like in bits and pieces and parts. So I feel like I may not give it justice, but I did watch this movie in entirety. And although like when there's animals involved in any movie, whether it's CGI or not, I'm like, oh, the animals, man. Like I'm automatically on their side. I don't know. That's just who I am. But I will also semi agree. Like it's called War of the Planet of the Apes. There was no war. Like whatsoever, Mm. there was no war. Maybe in the beginning, 
Maybe they're trying to do like a war inside their heads. I don't know. But um, I do agree that like I there there needed to be more to it. I felt like there should have been more fight scenes. Maybe there's a reason why they didn't do that. But you had a fight scene in the beginning. Why can't you just do another fight scene throughout the whole movie? Um, But I will say, I mean, it was interesting. Like as someone who loves voiceover and acting and, you know, the CGI and performance capture, I there's a reason why it was nominated for Academy Award, why I think it won like a Critics' Choice Award or something like that. I think it won. So they really did a great job in that sense. And I think that leading up to it, it was decent. It was like one of those, you know, the third movie in every movie that you're like, all right, well, I guess we just had to finish it. So I don't know. I I enjoyed it for what it was. I don't know if I'd ever watch it again, personally. Just saying. So how about about not personally? (laughs) Not personally. I will not watch it personally. (laughs) Give me a number one to 10, Kim. I'm going to give it a six. I'll give it a six. Mm. Yeah, I'll give it a six. These notes again brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com. Give us a look. Give us a listen. And oh, by the way, we love when you write us those five-star ratings, two or three sentence reviews on your favorite podcast platform of choice. It helps us. And I love screenshotting, shooting, screen shooting. That's right. My favorite episode, my favorite reviews and posting on social media. Please do the favor. Thank you. Kisses, hugs. Notes notes as i say it correctly i remember nothing about this franchise and i saw them all i didn't see them all in the theater i saw them right when they all came out on netflix the first time this is a franchise that no one ever brings up amongst their favorites of franchises discussed when was the last time you heard someone say you know star wars sure die hard marvel stuff planet of the apes never what that's never happened no one has ever mentioned that at any point in my recollection, famous ape films, King Kong, Harry and the Hendersons, Congo, which sucked ass, Dunson checks in, Ed, and any movie starring Kevin James. Those are all the eight movies that I've noted here. I will allow it, though. There is a bit of an argument as to whether a Bigfoot counts as an ape. Hmm. Hmm. We just... (laughs) at the same uh, time hmm. i'll have to check with my uh my zookeeper friends on that one <laughs> no next that's interesting that's an interesting one you think these if bigfoot a- is an ape then all movies are about apes wow because now we- are all apes yeah. well apparently through the grapevine i don't know if this is actually happening but i did look at imdb before that i think there is going to be another planet of the apes kind of movie they yeah, coming out as next well. year. Yeah, twenty four. Yeah, they're gonna do that. By the way, I, I did not. I forgot. Matt Reeves directed this, and then he did the Batman, also an excruciatingly long and dragged out film. Oh wow! I didn't know he. I didn't realize that was the same guy. And scored, and, and the same guy, Michael G. and something scored the Batman and this film. Fun facts. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the Hans Zimmer, Christopher Nolan one-two punch. Or the John Williams, George Lucas, Spielberg one, too. You'd think the apes would be ripping off the faces of humans more often than not, but not a one in any of these films. 
Yeah, yeah. You got to get a little savage. Are, true. They do not follow true chimpanzee logic, which yeah. is this is why we need War first. of the Planet of the Apes. We yeah. need to rip off faces. <laughs> no kidnapping they, kids like Harambe did. Nothing like that in these films. God damn it. There's no now, reality whatsoever. Right. Now, nope. Now that gets how apes fight down perfectly. <laughs> I did not see nope yet. That's on the uh, in the doc. Oh, you should. No, nope is great. Is it? I've heard very mixed about it. I mean, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really original. Is it better than uh, us? Yeah. Yeah, us sucked. So, okay. No, I thought, I, yeah, no, I thought, I thought Get Out was really good. I liked it a lot. I actually, I think Nope, nope is my favorite Jordan Pill movie. Wow. So, and I like Get Out. I thought Get Out was great. These apes speak to each other, make the same sounds as I do while receiving a BJ. <laughs> the red ape Maurice looks like Seth Rogen, but has more comedic chops and grace. <laughs> The uh, the emaciated ape reminds me of Brooks from Shawshank. The old guy. Know. Oh, the uh, the guy who hangs himself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I, that guy. yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. I have no emotional attachment to any of these characters. Then again, to be fair, I have this is the third in a franchise that I have not watched in about a decade of the first two, of course. Woody Harrelson is a colonel. What a cameo. Almost as good as Bill Murray in Zombieland or Jane Silent Bob in Scream 3. Fantastic cameos. Hear me out. Hear me out. We talked about it before. I'm so glad you guys brought this up unknowingly that I've done this. How about they reboot the expendables but with apes i feel like no apes nobody would notice (laughs) i don't think it would take you you have the movie to realize that's not sylvester stallone well listen steven seagal is not leaving (laughs) russia anytime soon so we need to get him out here pronto in a beret with a bad brooklyn accent in expendables four i guess i'm sure it'd be interesting it'd be an interesting take we all made this joke kind of sort of a little bit. The Colonel resembles Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. The only thing missing, though, is a coked out ape with a camera around his neck. That is a deep pull. Thank you. Damn. But I got but I got a laugh and a nod. So my work here is done. Well, actually, we did Apocalypse Now on this very podcast. Give that a listen. I paused this movie at an hour and three in to look at women in tank tops jump up and down to trap music on TikTok. I document everything. Hear me out. More reboots. How about reboots of Police Academy, Lincoln, and Midnight Run, but with apes? Police Academy, that would work great. Right. I, f- I feel like that would actually kill. Even with jo- even with Larvell Jones, the guy who makes the sound effects, can you imagine the apes doing that? Oh, comedy gold, nay, comedy platinum, I say. Oh, no, no, that's <laughs> not who did. It was, I worked with him. Michael, Michael Winslow. Winslow. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I worked with him with Triumph. He was amazing. It was the fact that he, he still got it. <laughs> but I, I would hope so. A shot by shot remake. That, that's the only thing he does is sound effects. So, Dave, I hope he wouldn't lose it because that it being his meal ticket. So hey, he's very old. So God bless <laughs> him. I, uh, doing I had on. Michael Winslow on my podcast. He's good friends with with some of us. And he did a, a bunch. He made us do a bunch of sound effects, too, which was so much fun, which was great. I feel like if you did a shot by shot, unfunny as possible remake of police academy with people in ape costumes it would somehow be the most critically acclaimed movie of all time i feel like it's one of those people who just be so (laughs) in love with the avant-garde of the unfunny cop trope but they're all apes i think it would destroy can you imagine that in apes don't move dirtbag 
<laughs> I, w- I would love to see the apes in the blue oyster scene. That would be the absolute piece. Are you seriously song. acting like we remember individual scenes in a police academy movie? Even though, yes, I do no. know the blue oyster scene. That's the gay bar. That's the gay leather daddy bar. Every every single it's in every single movie, though. All well, the first four it's in. That's that's a, the running joke. That's uh, you know when I was a kid, I uh, I found one of those leather caps that like those like motorcycle caps. Yes. In a relative's house, and like I the YMCA. Wore it. <laughs> well, it, well, here's the thing. Before that was gay, it was just tough. Right. So yeah. I didn't know that that was the post that meaning. I thought it was like, oh no, this is like classic non-gay uh, biker clothes like your hat tell yes. me you wore that to school for a halloween costume when it's tough guy dave cyrus I, i'd kill for pictures well kevin i hate to disappoint you <laughs> but uh damn it, what, it wasn't halloween oh it was every just a day. day it was a regular day of school i decided to wear the leather that you know that leather captain's hat that you oh, yeah. see. Yeah. oh yeah i mean i've seen it in movies yes <laughs> you describe it so well Midnight Run with Abe. See you in L.A., Marvin. Hee, hee, hee. All right. You get the idea. Dave, you said it. This is full, chock full of tropes. We have seen a million and five times, but with apes. Oh, too bad. You, you listed a ton of them already, so I'm not going to recycle. There's more grunting and snorting in this film than an Eagles fan eating horse shit off the streets. <laughs> Damn. Let's well, that just sounds specific to football fans. Yeah. Yeah. Hear me out. How about a reboot of Raiders of the Lost Ark, Iron Man, but with apes? Now that's a good idea. Thank By you. Way, real quick, Kevin, do you hate the Eagles? Is that a thing with yes, you? Yes, it's it's a run. It's a running joke. Yes. I went to college with Donovan McNabb. You went to Syracuse. Yep. Same Ke- year. Kevin same. Johnson went to a high school rival high school of ours. He was the receiver for uh, with McNabb. Him and. Hour and 35 in, and I paused this movie to play Call of Duty Remastered on PS5. Yes, there wasn't enough war. Now, when you you play Call of Duty, let me ask you a question. What if it was apes? Oh! All of the apes. Dude, if there was a a patch, you could just make everyone on Call of Duty an ape. That'd be so cool. Baller. And they're and they're and they're just real quick. I just want to say, how much would this movie have been amazing if they had like World War Z? type of scenes of like thousands of apes rushing a field and guys with machine guns they're able to kill some but they get overrun like god that would have been so cool limbs and faces torn apart Uh, yes that's what we're missing here ah shit the colonel broke up what could have been a very great ape great ape (laughs) haha great ape kumite two apes fighting you want to see this and very four seconds of fighting this was this was the biggest cock tease since, I don't know, Jenna Jameson doing blah, blah, blah in Howard Stern's film. Actually, you saw titties. Oh, never mind. By the way, by the way, just to interrupt for a second. Please. That's what I liked. Remember the scene where I think it was even Caesar who, like, pretends to be a dumb monkey and, right. like, the guy, like, lets him play with his gun and then he shoots him? Yeah. They know that apes can use guns at this point. Yeah. They know that apes are no longer the apes of 30 years ago that are just apes. They're True. The people here are so goddamn stupid. It's it's painful. All the humans are so dumb. Right. Uh, an hour and 47 in, and finally, we have the first realistic ape, mo- ape moment when he throws shit at somebody. I like that. It took mm-hmm. long enough. Way too long. 
The guy you said before, uh, the guy who won the ape cage without any backup and then locks the cage door behind him. That's just silly. The only thing missing from that scene was as he gets yanked down, having a Wiley e. Coyote sign that says "Oops" as he gets dragged beneath the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why yeah, would you was, not? Yeah. Why would that security would stick the machine gun in the cell and pull the trigger and waste them that way instead of risking your life and limb? Humans aren't smart. Like it's just, it's a scene that you've seen a million times that has never happened in real life, right? Ever. Like imagine how insulting it would have been if that was how sh- if that was how Oscar Schindler got all the Jews out, if that if it was just that he yanked them by their ankles under the ground <laughs> to say underneath it took a underground railroad kind of thing. Oh Jesus! The Jews in the camp were just like, "Hey, you're a piece of shit. Bet you won't open that door and come in here." <laughs> the, only, the only they throw a smoke bomb like Batman in Batman '89 and they disappear in the ground. That's how he saves them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Speaking of forgettable moments, let's talk about the Colonel's suicide. If you couldn't see that coming, where Caesar and him just look at each other and he has the gun, you need to get your money back from LASIK surgery because that was just telegraphed. Uh, who didn't see that coming? Dumb people. That's who. If you speaking of more dumb shit, if you didn't see the ginger donkey turning on the humans, it's time to get those cataracts checked out because we all know you can't trust gingers. And that was the most predictable thing of all, right? Of the whole movie. The fact that you know he's going to, that the humans are so mean because they're mean and they're humans and they're, they're slave holding humans, humans, you know. (laughs) This film was full of symbolism, metaphors, and layers, and none of it stuck with me. This film dragged. I had no connection to the character's story or anything i couldn't care less about the story i paused it twice and audibly groaned every time when i saw how much time was left two hours and 20 minutes felt like four hours and 40 minutes i admit i've obviously have not seen the last two in a decade i remember liking them when it came out which was um it was franco in both of them yeah. or just the first one i think james franco was just in the first one and might have i think he might have been even for like a second in the second one but right. he wasn't much of a character i like both those movies right yeah, they, I remember liking so them too. Much but, more grounded. Yeah, like the the scene in the Golden Gate Bridge. That's that's something that that, that was that's memorable as all hell. That was a great battle. Unlike yeah, that, this that's lack what, of battle. That's what it's even funny. I literally was. I remember watching that scene, being like, "Okay, now I'm really excited for the next movie." Right. These characters just meld together. I couldn't tell you any of their names except Donkey and Caesar, and that's it. The, oh, the kids getting his kids getting killed and all that stuff. You're like, we've seen this before. All these tropes. I've I've not I've watched the first Planet of the Apes. I was not a, a fan of it. I thought, okay, I understand. I, I I get it. It didn't really resonate with me. But but all right, I understand it. Um, I sure as hell saw that Marky Mark reboot of Planet of the Apes, and boy, that was terrible. Let me Jesus tell you, Jesus Christ, that that <laughs> now that's a movie that needs to be studied. Yeah for how horrifically bad that was. I think that came out the same year as Battlestar Galactica and they were both equally dog shit. Yeah, famous story about how that movie, the creator of that Mark Wahlberg, Planet of the Apes claims he did not rip off Kevin Smith by having an, a monkey Abraham Lincoln, which I, I forget where it is, but there's like a comic Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Is that what it is? Yeah, but yeah. then it's the same exact thing. Right. Uh, no one has talked about this film franchise in the last decade unless you're at a comic con with five other nerds who love energy drinks and World of Warcraft but hate right garden flossing. This film was predictable. The battle scenes, not remarkable, nay, what battle scenes were there? There were skirmishes. I, I've, saw, I've seen more battle scenes at Red Dawn. We just watched that for this podcast. And, and next to no battle scenes. Ugh. 
I wish I, I, I remember liking this when it came out, but I go, what the hell was I thinking? My batting average kids, when watching a film, it's always staying very true. Like I remember if I love it when I see it, I love it later on. If I hate it, I hate it later on. This, I have no idea why I liked it. I wish I could rediscover why I liked it 10 years ago. I thought this film stunk three and a half out of 10. I was bored to tears. The first two, like I said, are, are very well remember. Oh yeah, I like them. And this one, I thought, all right, I guess I liked it. But after rewatch, holy hell, this stunk. I'll say this. The first two were just not heavy handed like this. They weren't very much ripping so. with trying to like say something. Whereas this movie felt like they were trying so hard to have these just big, epic, emotional, like, oh, this is about about subjugation and colonizing. And 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 he, and it was just like it just these are great things to if you can pull it off. But they just didn't. Yeah. Too, way too heavy handed with the messaging. Like, all right, we're getting lectured. Humans do bad things. Oh, oh really? On. Are the humans yeah. the, the, the evil ones? It turns out. <laughs> Was the was the most dangerous game actually man? <laughs> dun dun dun. Get ready for a big old bag of blowhard critics five star reviews. Ugh. It does justice to the central character who we spent so much time with and genuinely care about. Do we? I think we're more excited about just Andy Circus being an ape than than just being like, oh, there's a great ape, you know? No one's having no one's putting up pictures of Caesar on their college dorm walls, are they? <laughs> yeah. Nope. No. War for Planet of the Apes is a full-bodied epic of glory and pain that matches and then exceeds the moving importance and heart this rebooted franchise has established in its two previous knockout films. What? Right. You know what that is we call that here? Word soup. Hmm. War for Planet of the Apes, this is good, follows Spider-Man Homecoming as an example how to allow a franchise to continue to expand and breathe rather than trying to keep it mired by, by, the, number, by the numbers numbness. Well, that's basically just making an excuse for the fact that it doesn't connect to the movies that it built up to at all. Bingo. That is just they they there were so many. I hate it whenever you know for a fact that they gave up on something. You know what I mean? Like when they plant the seed. It's like in Batman where you have Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent, mm -hmm. and they just give up on it. Like I hate when like we know that they made those like changes obvious. later. Yeah. Don't discredit this Apes trilogy as a standard Hollywood remake. The conclusion is epic, thought provoking, and proves it's light years ahead of the old Heston films. Okay. What a dildo. That means I be, I feel like this guy, <laughs> that's someone who watched this movie and then late, later that night was in bed, jolted up out of bed and said, it's like he was Jesus. <laughs> He's a messiah who throws poop. Cool. Hoorays. Critics, one star reviews. There is inelegance here in between expression and meaning that is jarring and makes this a grim watch at times. There you go. Mm. I found the machinations tedious. The film is more than two hours long and there isn't much tension regarding the eventual outcome. That person, I'm going to buy a beer. That's mm. a really good point, that, it, that the whole lack of tension about winning or losing this war, even knowing that the apes are gonna win, like- No stakes, yeah, no you stakes. Worried, you were never worried about the deaths of anyone. Yeah, his kids, his kids yeah. getting waxed. You're like, all right, 
We get it. More motivation for revenge. We've, again, seen this before. See it again. War for Planet of the Apes is a basic allegory that flirts dangerously, dangerously with becoming an outright social issue drama. Yeah, that the, the heavy handedness of it really yeah. is something you can you can go after that. Like, you know what? It didn't need to have all this. No, it did not it need to have any of that. Yeah. I don't want to be lectured right. in an I don't want to be lectured in an action film. If I want to go see something that has historical value that shows how people are an asshole for doing stuff that they did, sure, fine. But I, I want to see apes fight each other and blow shit up and fight. That's not I don't want to hear the whole savior fucking trope that we've all discussed eight million times already. And it was like it was just yeah. too many. It was too many ideas they were trying to cram in at once. Right. You know, about subjugation. It was just about slow and dramatic and there's no there's no fighting. There's no fighting. Amazon five-star reviews. Director Matt Reeves has set out to, to create a series of intelligent blockbusters that make you think while you watch. Not only those who have themes that remain constant, but especially so in this final installment. War is definitely the darkest of the three movies. It's like The Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy, only it comes out at the end instead of the middle. How dare you? That's like what? trying to say that's like trying to say like Del Frisco's steak is oh well it's kind of like comparing it to steak and shake or some shit like that. Damn. Yeah, that's not that's not right at all. Yeah. Someone needs to rewrite that. <laughs> I I mean to cover the movie. The movie has a chimpanzee with a rifle across his back while riding a horse. If you rented it and were disappointed, what were you actually looking for? Signed Diane Fossey. All right. Yeah. <laughs> This movie offers the best non-human perspective of humanity that I've seen in sci-fi and shats all over other movies, which attempt to do so. I'm talking to you, Avatar. Oh, God. I love how the, the, the non-human perspective. Oh, did apes, were monkeys with typewriters writing this one too? I feel, like the, snor I feel like the snorks was a much better example of that, <laughs> of seeing humans through an outside lens. Traumatizing. Have PTSD from this. Now in therapy. Signed, Ryan Leaf. Another football reference for you guys. Amazon five-star reviews. I had to jump through the entire movie because its boring dialogue is from start to finish. Moreover, the writers and Hollywood liberal progressive socialist communists are not slick. They are making a movie about how bad Americans are. They are so inhumane and want to kill and exterminate anything that looks different. Even apes are more or more humane than Americans. Two hours of just how sadistic America, how sadistic Americans are, and how humane apes are. It's like the movies where Americans are really the terrorists, and radical Islam are the victims. Signed, Alicia Silverstone. That's insightful of her to say. I feel like that review is, is probably the exact same review that same guy wrote for Twelve Years a Slave, though. Like I feel like that guy just writes everything that tries to teach you anything. He's just mad. All right. <laughs> This deserves a zero if I, could, if I could go that low. Two and a half hours of sappy, boring monkeys in cages. The battle scenes can't begin to touch any of the original Charlton Heston movies, so don't be misled. Monumental waste of money. No uniformed soldier apes. Bunch of angry naked apes throwing poop at the human soldiers. Really? They throw poop like that at the zoo. Who came up with that scene? This is not a movie. It's somebody's school project that could have been edited to cut everything after the first five minutes. Really, that's all the action there was. Not wrong. It's not It's not unfair. That's what you're selling. Right. Yeah. It's got the word fucking war in the title. Right. <laughs> 
This should be a law. That's like saving Private Ryan, but they all sit and have a picnic for two and a half hours in World War II times. This is the same reason I gave a zero-star review to War of the Roses. <laughs> there was no war. Uh, last one. It. Oh, sorry, two more. This is a quick one. At first glance, this appeared that the writers simply mixed a slurry of modern progressive political symbolism and then played connect the dots in order to cook up a story to express a political political narrative. Then, as the film progresses, this flagrant symbolism becomes so bizarrely inconsistent that it almost appears to mock itself, even to the point of blatantly dehumanizing the symbolic peoples it's trying so hard to represent and champion. It must have taken a lot of cocaine to write this vacuous pile of pious garbage. The only part of that I really agree with is the cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine I, Bear actually wrote this. I, I wouldn't that be uh, cocaine bear, but with apes, cocaine apes, with apes. Oh, cocaine wow. Apes. Now we're cooking. <laughs> Same universe, but we can branch out. Crack Which ape. I'm pretty sure that I read an article that they were like, oh, maybe that'll be the next installment. Almost like a Sharknado, but like cocaine bear, cocaine zebra, cocaine, whatever. I cocaine would love it piranhas. Well, it should be a different, it should be uh, ketamine ape, uh, <laughs> free, ba- free base seal. Like you just keep, keep going, you know. PCP pandas. Yeah, they ex- exactly. Alliteration That's- always wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last one. Mushroom monkeys. Yeah, la- nice one. <laughs> MDM <Last>. apes. <laughs> nice. Her- heroin herons. Look at that. Ah, that's good. Really, ah, really, really dig it in here. Thank you. Last one, and this is my favorite. It never would have happened on my watch. Signed, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> little meta. Hey, Kim Adragna, did Dave Cyrus gut that sacred cow? I believe so. I will I agree. I think he did a, a great job, Dave, of gutting the cow, gutting that sacred cow. You know what really helps sell it besides cogent points? Passion. Screaming at the fucking monitor that he did not get the war that we were promised. Oh, that made me tumescent. I have to admit. That's uh, I paid for myself and my friend. Oh, double date. Well, not double date, but you, you didn't want to go <laughs> see it that badly. Like, dude, I'll pay for you to go. Just come with me to see this damn film. He yeah, wants uh, his money back from uh, be a you nice know, guy. Eight years ago. Well, kids, another fun episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow. Thanks again for giving us an hour plus every week of your time. Tell a friend, tell everybody. We appreciate you. Love, Avita Zen. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.